This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right. So, uh, the topic has come up recently on some of our feeds. Uh, lots of dances. Very lots overwhelming. Yes. Uh, some say good, some say bad in the sense of like it's a potentially good or bad thing. Uh, and especially like in the southern california world where there's so many different bars and um so many so many options um you can start to feel like it's all getting away from you like you you've learned the big new dances and oh now it's the next week and three other ones have come out and now your friends are choreographing so you want to learn their stuff but then like your favorite choreographer just came out with stuff because there's a new event that happened because there's an event every month now if not more (laughs) yeah so um there doesn't seem to be like a clear and one one fixed solution for this um but it's something that i keep hearing come up again and again what do we do about the glut of dances and um and still enjoy what it is that we do well generally speaking the biggest I guess, complaint that has been brought up is that people feel that there's too many dances put out too quickly, mm-hmm. as well as too many dances to the same song. There is that as well. There, yeah. Those I would like to take as two different topics. Okay. Um, simply because the too many dances to the same song, uh, that's been discussed by our, you know, us. In previous podcast episodes. True. Which can be found at linedancepodcast.com. Um, and to kind of touch on that, it is challenging when you see a song out there that you're really excited that there's dances, and then you see 20 dances. Mm. So then it comes down to, okay, well, which one do I learn? Do I learn any of them? Mm. Um, do I just fall back on because I know this name, or mm. do I pick a completely random name that I've never heard of to give this choreographer a chance. I mean, where do you find like your specific reasonings as to why to learn that dance? Mm. Um, I know there's, there's several people I know have a couple different dances to a couple different songs that it's like, okay guys, you live, you know, a stone throw away from each other. There's all this social media. There's all this stuff that you can do with, um, you know, texting and WhatsApp and you know all these different ways of communicating. And yet, you guys who live in the same area have put out two different dances to the same song. Why aren't you conversing with others around you and being like, "Hey, um, I'm going to be working on this this track. You know, either A, would you be interested in working with me, or B." Um, I don't know what your feelings are if we still want to put out the same, you know, uh, dance to the same song or what, because it makes it really challenging um, when you have so many options out there Mm -hmm. just for one song. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not fully sure on your thoughts on that one Mm -hmm. and like where you stand. Well, okay, so from a a recent (coughs) choreography experience, uh, we actually are still having with uh, one track that we haven't, um, we haven't finished yet. I I do know how 
if you get personally invested in in a song you want to kind of see your vision come to fruition so uh, in in a previous episode we mentioned how with uh, the song can't stop the feeling you had all these different people uh, putting things out and something that I had thought at the time was like a realistic solution to that was like for example you have Amy Glass sunshine in my pocket whole gajillion bunch accounts like 96 or something uh, and then you have so just dance 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 which is only 32 counts in my mind mathematically I thought oh well why don't they just work together and make a 64 count dance but it doesn't really work like that when you have an overarching vision for how you think the dance should go um, if if I am contributing parts um, to uh, a dance that you know multiple people are working on and I only see those parts working in a context of other things that I haven't even come up with yet, but I do know that they don't necessarily mesh with somebody else's vision, then we could each just throw in eight counts and you know call that a collaboration, but none of our visions are really going to be uh, expressed in that way, and it won't look like anything that we intended individually. So probably none of us are really going to be that enthused to do the dance. True. Yeah. So uh, I definitely am all for collaboration um, and keeping the landscape sort of clean and not having all this confusion about which one am I supposed to do. It's like when at Line Dance Club recently, somebody was asking, is there a dance to move by <laughs> Luke Bryan? <laughs> And yes, there is. There are many. There are very many. Right. Uh, but like, how, how do you how do you suggest any of them for them when you have like Trevor Thornton, who is you know in the circuit world, and like if you learn his, you can do it at events uh, if he's there, or do you um, say, well, you know, we have this uh, friend of ours in Southern California, and people have been doing her dance for like I don't know months, so that one's really well established, or do you do the other one that we just discovered like within the last couple months uh from our local person who's even more local within california or what if hey what if we decide we like that song so much we're gonna do one like how do you decide who um who gets represented at line dance club exactly yeah. i know i know we've uh talked about avoiding <laughs> certain dances mm. to bring in because there is so many uh, issues with it, for instance, mm. like um, Country Girl. Yeah, oh yeah, that happened just this last week. Exactly. They wanted to learn a dance, and we're kind of like, oh, well, we've been trying to avoid it because the one that we learned that we really, really like mm -hmm. isn't done anywhere anymore nope. because it was exclusive to our local venue, mm -hmm. which has since closed. Mm -hmm. um, it will occasionally pop up at another local place, but not consistently enough where it really warranted us like pushing this dance mm -hmm. but then there's so many other options out there in like you were saying how you know like there's the circuit la you know sacramento area um there's so many other versions out there that it's like okay what's going to benefit them the most mm -hmm. that they're going to really enjoy mm -hmm. and how do you make that decision for them mm -hmm. so like the overabundance of dances her song is its own issue. Mm -hmm. um, I have yet to find a solution. Mm. Um, 
that's part of the problem, I think, is that no one has come up with a solution, really, that everybody could be on board with, other mm -hmm. than just, you know, choreograph if you want to choreograph, you know? Mm -hmm. Put it out there, it'll either get done or it won't, you mm -hmm. know? So, with that said, um, I don't really have much more to offer up on that particular topic. I would well, uh, so... Okay, I guess, and we might have mentioned this in previous uh, episodes of the podcast as well, uh, but I've kind of gone through an evolution or like a, I don't know, like a, an arc in figuring out um, like how I pick up dances or then like reteach them to others. At first it was just, and that's kind of where the, the folks at Line Dance Club, Sonoma State Line Dance Club are right now, they'll, they'll learn anything that you tell them is the dance to yes. that. Like... It, they will that's how I was at Mavericks like they play a song and that's the dance that you do to country Agreed. girl shake it for me like I just accepted it because I figured like there was some authority there was some line dance god or whatever like and and they were bestowing dances upon these songs I didn't think about choreographers I just figured these are the dances that have always been and always will be same for that's that how I started yeah and then going out to the Davis grad and they do shake it for me whereas we're doing country girl shake it for me by a different choreographer they're doing shake it for me by larry bass I'm like oh well i guess i'll just do mine on the side that's weird they're doing the wrong in my mind wrong dance but fine um and then that would like keep happening is i would see other places doing other dances to these songs and i would have the choice like should i learn this other places dance or should I just stick to my guns and do what I know and do what I like and then um, getting into like circuit and stuff I find out it's not just well this is what they do at that bar or whatever there are like all these choreographers from all over the world there aren't just two different dances in Northern California to this song there aren't just three different dances in the state because there's sh uh, was it country girl shake in SoCal, there are they're going Kapranov, and there are like twenty something dances. Yeah, and then, yeah, my mind just exploded. Uh, but eventually, when I okay, Mavericks closed, Kodiak's closed before that, then Mavericks closed, then uh, Casa Del Mar and Dre's didn't work out, and there were really no local places to do some of these dances. Um, at Sonoma State Line Dance Club, when I had previously been teaching them what was done at Mavericks, I would just tell them, okay, like, this is this is the dance to this, and this is the dance to this. Oh, and then they do this other stuff at the grad. They do these other dances over there. We don't have to worry about that. We'll just do the ones that are useful for you here. Yes. And then Mavericks closed. Had to start teaching them things. Well, okay, if you want to drive for an hour and 20 minutes, here are the dances they do there. And... When I, what, I, what I think really changed uh, my mindset um, in terms of like really having more, I don't know, I don't want to call it that, but like authority over like what gets taught is my senior class. They're not going to go to Mavericks. They're not going to go to the grad. They're not going to go anywhere else. They're just going to do the dances that we teach there. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started thinking like maybe this is how other classes do this, like other, other places around the world. They're not thinking about what is the popular dance in their area or uh, you know who is their who is their friend who you know created a dance they, they have to be loyal to them 
They're just saying, for the dance's merits itself, does my class enjoy this? Will they like this based on what I know about my specific class? And for the senior group, maybe that's, you know, I know that they like slower movements with fewer turns mm -hmm. and graceful music you know, from like the 40s or the 50s, like things that make you feel like you're floating. Okay. Um, but if you have a class that likes four on the floor and chill factor and um, fake ID and a lot of really bumping stuff and you don't have any nearby clubs and you don't think they're ever going to go to any circuit event, you really can just look on Copper Knob, try out a few different dances and say, you know what, this is what they're going to like. I don't care whether it's useful for them anywhere else or whether um, you know this is what's done here. Mm -hmm. If they decide this is something they enjoy, this is all they ever have to you know, worry about. Like they can just do it here, and that can be enough. Yeah. And I had never considered that. Like as I described, like every step along this way, that was one thing that I hadn't thought about. Was like, wow, you really can choose to make it just all about you and your friends and what you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, kind of gone, gone uh, with. I mean, like, like I said, there's no real one fixed solution for that. Uh, but you know, there have been a few different ones along the way. Like, how do you decide? You know, what is most important? Do you want to help them go to a club where they can, you know, fit in and do what they're doing there, or you know, do you say, well, we could do that, or there's this better dance in my mind that you guys will enjoy more. Uh, we never really resolved this for Line Dance Club. We just told them we're not going to teach anything to that song. Ha! -ha! But. Uh, <laughs> I mean that that's definitely up to them. If they want to, if they go to the grad and they see what's done there and they actually like it, then absolutely, I'll, I'll be happy to teach it to them. Because yeah. that is, you know, um, as, as I mentioned, one of those things that I was opened up to was that um, it can just be about the class. And there are going to be so many people, so many instructors, so many seasoned folks out there who are probably thinking, "Well, duh, it's always been about your class and making them happy." But this is what I'm learning. <laughs> and then there's the other thing that um, that we kind of opened the show with was um, when too many dances are coming out for you to handle what do you do about that yeah um, so in response to our friend Elliot Mars video yes which is kind of our inspiration for this particular topic discussion um, I had mentioned that one of the biggest determining factors for me is where I choose to do the dance. Mm. Um, I learn on average, uh, no joke, between two and 15 dances a week. Mm -hmm. Typically closer to the 15 than the two, but every once in a while it's just the two. Mm. Um, a lot of times that is because I not only have um, a class that I teach, I also attend the Sonoma State Line Dance Club. Mm -hmm. uh, I help assist you teach at a couple of the local venues that are slowly but surely popping up more mm -hmm. frequently. I attend, on average, one if not two different classes in the morning. Um, and on top of that, then there's all the events that I plan on going to that I want to know. I want to be able to dance certain dances with their choreographer. Mm. Um, 
So I privately, obviously with your help as well, um, take on extra dances more than the average person, I would say. I have more reasons and more areas in which I can pick and choose which dance I'm going to do where. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a couple dances that we've learned that right after we learned it, right after we danced it, we kind of was like, you know what, that is doesn't feel good in my body. It's I'm not a fan of it. I can see myself getting sick of this song very quickly. Um, and those are the dances that you know that we tend to let go. Um, that again is after we've learned it though and Mm -hmm. we have a feel for it Mm -hmm. Um, the ones that like I love the song to or I love some specific section of how the dance hits the song or um, it just feels good overall like the flow from start to finish is just amazing and the energy is there or the emotion is there those are the dances that I hang on to and I hang on to them whether I'm dancing in my kitchen whether I'm at the bar at an event at club teaching my girls like it it really I find a reason to keep that dance in my body and in my memory mm-hmm. um, and that's where I understand like there's some parts where it's you know I've, I've gone back and tried to to remember one or two dances that you know I learned forever ago and every once in a while I'll find myself going it's cool I'll pick it up by the second wall I know I know this dance and of course by the second wall I've had it but it's an effort that I make personally to keep those dances that have since been months ago learned Hmm. Um, and I know that it can be overwhelming I know that it can be frustrating Mm. and you can feel like you're falling behind Mm. very quickly um, when there are so many dances. But one of the things that I know of is when I first started dancing, um, let me rephrase that. When I first started attending Mavericks. Mm -hmm. um, Which was our local line dance venue at the time. They had two different nights. Those two different nights, they taught two different dances. Um, so Thursday was different from Saturday every week. They didn't, they hardly ever repeated a lesson. And then in theory, they would then just play those songs a couple times and they tried to keep them. There were those occasional one night teach, one night play, and then they never came up again. Or they came up months and months later where they, somebody had requested it and like nobody remembered it. Um, that's one of those situations where I thirsted for dances at that time because I didn't know anything because I was just getting into the scene at Mavericks. Um, and it was more frustrating to sit out of all the dances that were being played than to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like any time I, sh- I was planning on going out, I made sure I gave time for the lesson. Nowadays, it's a little bit different story. I often skip the venue lessons um, because either A, I already know the dance, or B, I'm not in love with the song, or C, I have so many other dances I'm working on for so many other reasons that I look at that dance and I go, I can wait if I want to learn it. Um, it's 
for me, it's about prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously my priorities will be different than somebody else's. Um, I know one of the concerns that was brought up was um, finding new dances to teach because you're running out because they're learning so much. Mm. Um, you had mentioned this for line dance club. Oh yeah, they're getting toward that uh, point where they, I mean, there's really nothing to teach them from Mavericks anymore because there's no Mavericks. And we already covered a lot of the stuff that they've requested from the next closest venue an hour and 20 minutes away. And um, I mean, occasionally like we'll offer up like one of the dances that we know from like Stoney's or somewhere where there might be less likely to do it, like if it's a circuit dance or something like that. Uh, oh, and we have a message incoming uh, about the audio. Let's see. Let me turn on the app on my phone and we'll see oh. what the audio situation is. All right. Oh, that's a that's a Home Depot ad. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know that uh, that Move Radio is well supported. Or <laughs> I guess it may, maybe it's the TuneIn app. I'm not really entirely sure. Uh, all right. Let's see. So the 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 note that we received was that the audio seems to be working better for one of our mics than the other. Hmm. So let's wait for that ad to clear, and then in a few seconds. You should be able to hear what the folks at home are hearing. All right. Okay. So we're on 30 second delay and the ad was 30 seconds. So go ahead and say some things right now. All right. So we're, I guess we're testing out my mic. We are definitely testing your continue. Uh, um, what color is the sky today? I actually haven't been It's outside. kind of grayish. Unfortunately, it's extremely overcast. Hmm. Okay. So let's see how that sounds as it comes through. Oh, we can hear it. Oh my goodness. Oh. Wow, that is really low. All right, so you know what we can do? We can just pass the mic back and forth. We're going to share because sharing is caring here on Move Radio and Line Dance Podcast. Uh, so, what we were saying uh, was uh, priority uh, is, is definitely something to, to keep in mind when um, determining what to bring to your class. And I have been prioritizing for Sonoma State Line Dance Club um, dances that they can do because uh, I haven't quite gotten to that point where I'm comfortable just saying um, we can do these here and here only. They're at that age, I think, where they really like they have a lot of stuff on their plate. They've got like classes and work and things like that. So for them to learn something just to do it there and nowhere else, like, no, they want to get dressed up. They want to, you know, if they're going to spend their $10 cover, they want to you know, look like they're confident, they know what they're doing, they're doing something impressive. And while sometimes it might be wise for them to be doing like a, you know, a beginner dance that they can really hit hard, they are ambitious and they do want to learn things like more dessert and get ugly and um, complicated <laughs> dances. Uh, so yeah, we've been you know, kind of testing the waters on those, and they, they seem to be doing all right. So I'm gonna pass the mic over to you now. 
Okay, so some of the things that I was previously talking about were, were along the lines of choosing the out of how many dances that are being released, as well as um, where I choose to actually dance these dances, making sure that the ones that I enjoy actually stay fresh in my mind and in my body. Um, and whether it's I'm learning it for the venue that I'm going to the, or it's an event that I'm going to, or it's something I want to teach my girls. Um, that is why I choose dances and why I learn between two and 15 dances a week with that amount of incoming knowledge I really have to make a point to keep on those dances otherwise I will lose them um, I was saying how uh, one of the complaints was just being overwhelmed with the amount of dances and how many your particular students as a, an instructor might want to learn. Um, one of the things I have learned is there's no reason to limit your class because whether you think they can handle it or not, um, it's really kind of up for them to decide what they want to take on and what they don't want to, as well as it's what they see that they like and they like it for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I have done in the past is I've asked people what it is about that specific dance that they like. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll tell me, well, it was this move that caught my eye or it was how this hit the music or I just love this song and I really just want to be able to dance to it. And I saw how much fun everybody was having at, you know, bar A and I wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I was saying how when I first started dancing with Ma at Mavericks, that I thirsted for dances so badly because I didn't know anything. I didn't like that I had to sit out. So the frustration of learning a whole bunch of dances at once um, really didn't take in effect because I was more frustrated to sit out of dances. Mm. Um, and with all of that, it's, it's a personal accountability that I take mm. when I'm learning a dance that I like and I want to stick that is when you know every once in a while I will be at home in my kitchen and I'll just you know go through the steps real quick or mm. uh, one of my favorites is I'll be out at a store shopping somewhere and the song will come on over the the, the radio overhead or whatever and you know I'll be dancing down the aisles mm. um, I really enjoy that when I when I put some type of social media post out there that other people do that too. That makes me feel good. But um, it's mm -hmm. a choice for me as to how much effort I put into keeping the dances I learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's also important to give yourself permission to not learn everything that comes out. I know that in preparing for the event in Oregon that we have coming up, Northwest Line Dance Blast. Um, that's yeah, gosh, that's really coming up. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've been trying. We've been trying very you know, ardently to learn a whole bunch of dances by Simon and Niels and Fred and Rachel. And we don't 
want to sit out of too many dances if we don't have to. We know that we've seen dances done at Big Bang and Vegas that uh, looked like people were enjoying themselves, just like you know back when we were at Country Bars and you see all the people doing some cool dance and you think like, I would rather attempt to do that dance and get like 25% of it than just stick with a bunch of beginner things that I know I can do and not enjoy as much. Like, I want to be able to, like, push myself and at least try to get those hard ones. Like, we'll see people doing that that, that kind of stuff, um, like syncopated rhythm uh, at Big Bang. Like, they were doing that up and down snap thing. Um, syncopated rhythm, up and then down. That looks like so much fun. So I, I saw that and I thought, I've got to know that one. But then you see also AK Freak and, um, like, however many other dances they were doing, there has to be time to do all of them, uh, to learn all of them. We were trying to crank through at least two or three a day, and as time is getting closer, we're having to start to cut some because like, maybe there's a day when neither of us feel like we have the space in our brain or we just learned take me to church and that's it, we're good, we're done for the day. <laughs> like, um, It's okay not to know everything for that event right then. And maybe this is more specific to our situation and less to what Elliot's going through with the country bars. Um, but I, like, like you were saying, uh, prioritizing for like, what, where am I going to dance this? Um, if I see a dance come out, like, I remember, I remember when they came out, Schoolyard King and Meteorite. I saw both of those uh, on Vivian's channel and I thought, wow, these look like really cool dances but I need to give them time, see whether they're actually gonna be done places. Cause I, like, it's different if you're like one of the major influencers and you can decide whether a dance is done in your area just by you teaching it. I am not one of those people in my mind. <laughs> so uh, if I see a really neat dance come out and I have a class to teach, I am still going to prioritize like what can these students do nearby at like the local bar where there's an actual chance of that song being played. Um, if they're going to events, has this dance actually been done at any of the events that people will be going to in the near future or myself? And those are two dances that as cool as they look and as fun as the music sounds, uh, I, I haven't seen them done anywhere. So they're on the list but it's a very long list. <laughs> and um, even with looking at the, the I mean, uh, we have, I don't know how many names, but like dozens of names on that spreadsheet oh. of, of dancers we want to represent like in our bodies with the dances we learn from them. And just think of like Guyton's entire catalog. Oh of gosh, And Poor how Joe. many, yeah. And, Right now, we're only looking at these four choreographers because that's the event that's coming up soonest. And then among them, they have a gajillion dances. So then we're like, okay, well, uh, we're gonna see Fred and Rachel in September in Newark. We're gonna see Rachel in, okay, so we have more time for Rachel because we have fun in the sun later. Let's just focus on Simon and Niels. And they have a bunch of stuff. So prioritizing uh, and then and then looking in those songs to say, what will I do not only at this event, but at future events? That's why we learned Extreme Love, because that's going to keep being played for a while. 
Counting Stars is probably also going to be. It has been played for you know a couple years. I think the video that we watched was 2013 uh, when Simon was demoing in Windy City. So some of them are prioritized based on um, whose event is coming up soonest, and of those dances, um, whose dances can we continue to do at other events even when they're not there? Because <clears throat> some of these we're looking at some of these. And we're like, wow, that's a fun dance. I've never seen this before. I will probably not see this again after this event. Do we absolutely need to do it right now? If there's time, could we learn it before the event versus like, we need to learn this because it's amazing. I don't care if we ever do this anywhere else. Like we can do this ourselves in our garage. Like um, that, that is definitely what I consider when I see how many dances come out. Like, um, where where can I use this and how often can I use this in my dance repertoire? Uh, and that's another thing is I'm very careful um, what I learn because I don't like to lose dances. If I've learned it once, I want to have at least one good experience doing it. And I don't want it to just have ended at the teach and I never did it after our full speed run through. I need to have like one thing that makes it worth it. Like one event that I go to where I'm dancing it with the choreographer or one time I go to the club and they play that song and like two of my friends who know that dance, we all do it. And that might be the only time we ever have to do it there, but it just feels amazing to do it at a new place. Um, if I learn a dance, then yeah, I need that. I need that to happen. Otherwise I just get frustrated and it's like this block in my mind. Like it didn't get all of the juice wrung out of it. Um, that is very event specific, but I think it could apply also to what Elliot's going through with the country bars, where uh, one of the events that I, or not events, um, uh, possible solutions that I uh, wrote in the notes that I made some time ago when that video came out, um, was to encourage more peak experiences for these dances. So yeah, he's got like a lot of dances to deal with right now because he has all of his friends who are choreographers in Southern California. So he wants them to all have their spotlight. And he also just wants to do fun dances like Shady and Trespassing and other things that they've discovered in their, their bubble, uh, their SoCal group um, in, within the last year. If you, if you, and we kind of described this um, just on our own with uh, dances that you, I mean, you do them, but they're never really like the highlight of your night. They're just like, oh, cool, it's MIB, or I don't know, God bless Texas, watermelon crawl. Like, it's one of those dances that takes you up to maybe 75, 80%, but never really puts you over the top. Those get played every week, so you never really feel like you can retire them. They're always on the cusp, but they don't really like completely light you up. Then there are some dances, like if you do the Beast, if you have one really good run through of the Beast, you might be good for like a month. <laughs> like that's all you need. Like to feel like you went 110% and people around you had never seen that dance before and you were there with a couple of your friends uh, and you're like trying out all this new variation flair stuff that like you've never done before. You don't need to have that experience every day, every week, um, for the entire month. You just need that maybe like once. 
and then you can like let it sit and let it rest for a while because you had a peak experience with it. I think if the dances that he's trying to deal with right now, if they each had something like that, then he wouldn't need to worry as much um, about trying to keep them alive because just that one big splashy moment that he gets to have with whichever of those 20 dances he has on his plate, that might be enough to make him say, whew, anything else, anything, any other time I try to dance this will not compare to what I just did. Uh, it's just going to feel like um, the, the term or the, the expression chasing the dragon. Like I'm just going to be trying to relive that high of doing the dance as big as it was that one night with all those lights and all those people. So to encourage the creation of more of those, exp those peak experiences, I think can help when you have too many dances. Um, because yeah, the playlist just is not, is not, it doesn't have room to do all 80 or however many dances you know every week. So maybe just do some of them really big and then don't do them for the next three weeks. And then keep the middle ones going because there have to be some standards, I guess. And then maybe introduce a couple of new dances. And I've been talking for a really long time, so I'm going to pass it back to you. <laughs> um, a couple things that I wanted to kind of touch on that you were originally speaking about. Mm -hmm. um, one of them was like just recently, uh, like where you passed the mic, <laughs> um, was about slowly introducing a couple new ones. Mm -hmm. um, now, we are very spoiled. Yes, we are. And we're aware of this fact mm -hmm. with Stoney's Rock and Rodeo. Thank you, Stoney's. <laughs> in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. They have such an amazing teaching staff. They have um, Patrick and Elliot are amazing DJs. Or, sorry, Elliot. <laughs> Will. Mm -hmm. Apologies. Mm -hmm. Um they're amazing DJs and they do a great job of really knowing their crowd and helping promote some of the new dances that are brought in and how to keep them in the playlist as well as making sure those favorite, um, I'm going to use this as a blanket term, classic dances mm -hmm. continue being played. Mm -hmm. um, I know we've brought in a couple different dances personally. Mm -hmm. um, Kat has done a great job of bringing in a bunch of new dances. And people really, really enjoy them. Um, I know she just had a workshop which included uh, Do Something Crazy. Mm -hmm. I know she's taught Gimme Gimme. Um, and I mean, they also do stuff like Wakey Wakey there, where these are not dances that you necessarily see in the SoCal venues, um, but they also do a great job of making sure the watermelon crawl gets played and the wobble and the stuff that, you know, your traditional ones, as well as stuff like um, Chill Factor and Four on the Floor and We Are Tonight, which is kind of that like in-between range for me. Mm. Um, so I get everything from, like, what I first learned in a country bar to some of the newer ones and everything in between. Mm -hmm. um, and the one thing I've noticed is that although there is a lot of overlap, it's not the same dances every week. Mm. And that's one of the really great things about Stoney's that we're really spoiled. Uh, I'm not sure 
how Kevin has pulled that off. He's the owner. <laughs> um, but he's done a fantastic job of making that place very unique and just fun every time I go there. There is something that happens during one of the dances that just gives me, like you were saying, that peak experience every visit. Um, so whether that's I've gone three times that week or I've gone once every other week, you know, um, there's something great about that venue. I'm not sure, like, how they would be able to apply something in SoCal with all the different venues that they have down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know originally I was speak- thinking, like, why don't they sync up more and teach the same lessons on the same you know, week or whatever um, and reinforce those lessons. Uh, I'm not sure if that's actually the solution anymore because hmm. um, I do know that I like the variety. However, I also know that when I learn a dance, I want to be able to dance it quite a bit. Mm. Um, With all the different classes I go to and all the different venues I attend every week, um, I do know that I enjoy going to this class because I get to do this dance there versus I get to go to this bar because I get to do that dance there. Mm. Um, We also have you know, our monthly socials that we attend and those playlists get put, you know, put out and we get really, really excited when we see some of those dances and we're like, yes, we learned that because that's where we saw it and we wanted to be able to participate next time. Um, I would be really frustrated if I didn't have that ability to learn what I wanted when I wanted. Mm. Um, But that also comes down to me also taking the opportunity to find the step sheet and find videos to walk through and I've taken ownership of that where before I thought that like I could only learn if someone was teaching me mm-hmm. now yes there are those dances that I would much rather prefer having someone help me break it down than me trying to figure it out myself safe majors yeah that's one of them <laughs> <laughs> um, and so with that said, like I would definitely put that on like a request sheet from my instructor, which I know was one of the solutions that was brought up specifically in regards to Elliot as like how does he keep up, how does he figure out what to teach, um, is putting on the request sheet, which I know we've done, you specifically have done a very good job at club. Each time you come in, you're like, okay, so do we have any requests for what we want to learn this week? Um, as opposed to just being like, okay, well, let's teach them watermelon crawl because we hadn't gone over that one yet, and it's a fallback, and whereas they're like, yeah, we want to learn more dessert, (laughs) you know? So it gives them the opportunity to kind of take control over their learning, Mm -hmm. um, as well as it gives you the opportunity to explore where what dances they might like. Um, again, it's a little bit different because we don't have 20 different venues in a half an hour to hour drive, depending on traffic, um, in our area. We only have the few that are at least an hour and a half away. Um, and so that changes things a little bit for us in the teaching aspect, as opposed to you know, like where Elliot has all the different venues in SoCal that they could be doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know 
it's kind of similar to how you were saying about your your seniors. The kids I teach, they, they can't go to the bars. <laughs> In fact, they shouldn't be going to the bars. Um, and so, like, I have to be very aware of what I'm teaching them in the sense of, like, what they can can handle, what they would be proud of to know, what they would enjoy to know. Um, and it's a relatively new class, so I'm kind of in that still experimenting stage where it's like, well, let's try this one. Okay, well, that was a little bit fast, but that's okay because, you know, the last time I taught this to someone, it took them two days to get it. So you're right on track. Um, or, for instance, that's too easy. I'm getting bored. That was my favorite one from yesterday. I'm like, cool. All right, let's try something harder then, you know. Um, as well as I'm going to play you a couple different dances, give you a, a few wall demo. Which one You pick which one you guys want to learn. Um it's a little bit different because I have a lot of limitations that I'm allowed to teach at in my particular circumstances, but it's also free reign at the same time because like I'm not teaching them something that they necessarily are looking to use other than where they're at right now. So I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting situation when it comes to having too many dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was in your podcast interview with Noe mm. um, that he mentioned not to limit your class on what they can handle. Uh, that's been kind of a standpoint for not only me teaching, but me learning. Hmm. It kind of opened my eyes being like, okay, well, am I learning this because I just think it's something I can handle? Mm. Or am I learning this because I really want to know this? Mm-hmm. Um or some of the quote unquote easier dances, um, and it's it's pushed me to learn some much more intricate and difficult dances. Say feet jerk. And stomp your feet. And stomp your feet. And stomp your feet. That one oh boy. is a challenging dance for me. That's a lot of fun and so much energy. And I still have to think through each time I dance that dance so far. Um, I'm really looking forward to when I don't have to necessarily think as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I know a big concern for a lot of people about learning so many dances is you never really make the dance your own. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Elliot actually brought that up in his video. Um, and with that said, I know the most fun I have in dances is when I'm starting to get to that point in which I play with them. And there's certain dances that you're good luck playing with them because like they're so choreographed in a way that like you're going to have to find that split second to do something different. Um, I'm hoping to get there with a couple of the dances. I know some of the uh, most fun I have right now is the Beast, because that one is... I I don't think I've ever done that dance the same, ever. Um, and that's what's fun about that one. Um, I know uh, Ain't Too Cool. I play with that one a lot right now. Owned by Trevor Thornton and friends. And... like I really, really enjoy that dance, because I've now gotten to a point where... I've played with it. One of my favorite dances to watch is Poetry in Motion when Rachel dances it. Yep. Um, 
she has so much fun with all the different varieties and variations and the flair that she adds to it and it's everything from making sure she hits every single beat to holding like I mean it's so minimal to like extreme that I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see what she does next and I think uh, one thing that was really interesting to see on the live stream for uh, Boston Showdown uh, this past however many days ago that was that was very recent uh, like a weekend, weekend ago. yeah a weekend or two ago uh, <coughs> was that when I saw her do it at Windy City and at Big Bang and at an event in France they were similar like the the things that she did were similar but at showdown she had this other fellow who I couldn't see very clearly I wasn't sure who it was exactly um, on the on the live feed uh, from seven arrow films and he was interacting with her for parts of it so that like threw a whole new variable into the variations that she was doing because now it was like partly West Coast swing some of the time like he was doing this he did a dip at one point uh, to her while she was just otherwise doing the normal steps. And then like they would play off of each other. Um, there was one part uh, where in the lyrics they say, cool wind in my hair, and she like messes up his hair. So that is another thing I noticed uh, brings out a lot of that in you. It, when you get to play with Lacey or Keith or any of your friends at Stoney's or Jono, Jono Lieberman uh, at events, um, it, it I mean, whatever variations you do on your own, like there are so many more things that you wouldn't, you couldn't come up with on your own uh, when there's another person there. Yeah, and that's very true. And that's, I know that was one of the concern points that Elliot had mentioned. I'm pretty sure I've had a discussion with Cat Painter about it too. Is is knowing a dance like there comes a point where like, yeah, you're thirsty for knowledge and you want to learn as much as you can, but when do you consider yourself like I know this dance I can play with this dance I can do this dance no problem and have so much fun and throw in all these different variables and all these different variations and steps and still have the dance flow in a similar manner that keeps true to the dance um, and if you're constantly learning dance after dance after dance after dance how do you find the time to really own a dance um, and I've said it before that like I will purposely find time to dance certain dances um, and play with them and I will make sure that certain dances don't leave my system like you know when anytime we've gotten together that we're like okay which one should we want to review I will randomly pick out an older one from months ago that I'm like, I really want to go over this one again. And you're like, oh, yeah, sure, we can do that, you know. And and that's another thing we do with uh, line dance clubs is they review dances that we've taught them all semester. So they're not losing any of them yet. Um, so it's a matter of which ones do we want to review. And maybe even one of my favorite things is you keep a list of everything you've taught. Mm-hmm. So in theory... Um, you could go back and be like, hey, I taught this one two months ago. Who remembers it? Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to throw that one on the review list? 
you know, making it more of a point to go over some of the older ones that you've danced, um, having a marathon day or like a special event day when just like with one of maybe Elliot's classes where that one class, you tell them they're not going to learn anything new. It's going to be just getting together, you know, going through the dances that we've been teaching lately, as well as some of the older ones. If we need a review, I can review it, but maybe that's going to give him the opportunity to not lose those dances that apparently everybody likes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that when you say apparently everybody likes, I think that's another thing uh, to consider uh, in the recent interview um, that we posted for Line Dance Podcast with Marcy Walters, uh, we talked about Boots and Buckles Dance Club in the Lower Bay Area. And their request system is set up so that you have all the dances that can be generally expected to be played there printed out with mm -hmm. boxes next to them. And if you want to do one of the dances, you just initial in one of the boxes next to the name of the dance. And Elliot... In, in his video, he listed a lot of dances and he described like some of them were older ones and some of them just came out and there are too many, etc. Um, but I think there is that assumption there that these are even dances people want to do. Like if you, if you do the request system with the initials, you might see if one of the older dances just isn't getting requested. Like, yes, it's a good dance as he described some of them. Like um, it shouldn't, quote, shouldn't be lost because it was at its time like a very popular loved dance. But if nobody wants to do it, like they're going to show that with their lack of initial on, on that dance. And it's not that there's anything wrong with the dance itself, but maybe they're just more excited by something new. And maybe they'll still do it if you play it and, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I remember this one. But I feel that way with a lot of the older dances that I learned like back at Mavericks. I'm not trying to keep them alive. I'm not trying to bring them to any new places. I just kind of let them go with Mavericks. Like some of them I definitely, you know, took with me in any opportunity. Like let's say um, for Luke Bryan's song, That's My Kind of Night, the Mavericks girls had their dance, My Kind of Night. I love that dance. Nobody else knows it because it was by the Mavericks girls at Mavericks, which was closed. At Stoney's, if they play that song and people are doing some kind of cha-cha around the outside, I'll still do it in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I don't try to you know keep every dance that we learned alive because um while they're they're enjoyable and i like the song like i do have only so much time in my life uh more than just you know time in that night and uh yeah i just kind of have to prioritize a little bit <clears throat> like we were saying earlier um one quick thing uh, when you were mentioning like owning a dance, that's something that Rachel I think mentioned as well in our interview with her um, a while back. Is the um, the lack of time that there seems to be, and Elliot mentioned this as well, uh, uh, that people take to actually dance the dance. There's knowing the dance and there's doing the dance, but until you do start playing with it or um, I don't know, just like really feeling it beyond going through the steps, are you dancing the dance? Uh, and maybe that's one of the things that would be reflected in the initial thing is that like if people are, if you play the song and people are doing it, yes, they remember it. Yes, it's still a good song, but are they dancing it? Like, are they just kind of doing it because it's what's over the speakers right then? 
how many cell phones are out on the floor. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a good way to gauge that. Um, oh, also, let's see, a couple notes that popped to mind for potential solutions with um, Elliot's situation is allowing, uh, this kind of goes along with having more experiences, but it's sort of like the opposite of what I have advised for keeping venues alive. Like when you want a venue to be successful, then you want to give yourself every excuse to go to that bar and you know do the dances there. So what I tell myself is like, okay, I'm not gonna do this dance you know, on a random Tuesday and then get it out of my system. I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna not do it until it's time to go out on Thursday. Because if I've already done it on Tuesday just to myself or whatever, and now I don't feel like I really need to do it, then that's five or 10 bucks less that the venue gets that I could have spent on them knowing that like I could do it there instead mm -hmm. and put my all into it there. Um, so in this case, I would say maybe the opposite. If you have too many dances and you are trying to get to the latest ones that have come out, but you still feel like the other ones haven't had their full lifespan yet, do them until you're sick of them. Do them more. Do Find more places to do them. <laughs> um, do them in your Sunday class when you're teaching and then do them again every time they're played at all the venues you go to over the course of the week. Just like do them every chance you get, and you will wish that that you know that one weren't on the list of how many dances there are. Um, and if you're really enjoying it every time, then there's nothing wrong with deciding I've enjoyed it enough for now. I've had enough ice cream and cake, thank you. Please give me some lettuce. <laughs> um, also, I I don't know how this will be encouraged with. Um, actually talking with the people who run these places but um, maybe encouraging it's such a it's like a fine line because on the one hand like let's say your friends are choreographers and you want in theory you want their dances to go everywhere you want them to be taught at all the bars uh, hypothetically speaking let's say every bar can only teach five songs per night and you have five friends who all have a new dance. In theory, it sounds like you'd want to have all of the bars play all five of those songs because yay, now all your friends get their dances out there. But how boring is that uh, to do the same ones everywhere? And also, there are 20 dances that you wanna do. So maybe you could encourage, like kind of what Grad and Stonies do, the, the Davis Graduate and, and Stonies in uh, Sacramento, there are some dances that, even though they're only 20 minutes away from each other, they just don't really do some of them at one place versus the other. And then you do get that sense, like you were saying, of where can I do this dance? I'm going to go here this night because I know I could do Dance Ranch Romp and like Crazy Legs. But then if I go to Stoney's, I can do uh, uh, The Beast. Uh, so maybe as much as you want to support your friends, maybe you'd want to encourage that you know some places really pick up that dance and great now it's like this big thing over at the ranch but you don't tell cowboy country about it and if they if they start playing it maybe you don't necessarily encourage it because whatever time slot that song and that dance are taking at cowboy country 
that is an opportunity you could have had to do some other dance. And they have so many venues down there. Mm -hmm. If they really wanted to do all the dances that are on their list, they probably could if you did five of them here and five of them there and five of them there. But instead, because they love these dances so much and they're trying to encourage them to be spread everywhere, now they're all kind of the same and the, the everyone being on board is leading to homogeneity. Um, and I, maybe this is neither here nor there either, but um, I think it's funny how somebody in the comments of that video was mentioning how when they go out to a place you know, on some whim uh, for the first time in a while, they see that a lot of the dances are different and they're confused and they, you know, what, what happened to the dances they know. And yet in so many other videos or commentaries on the Southern California dance scene, you'll hear, well, from six to nine, there are only these you know, new dances played. And then from nine till close, it's the same ones every time. So it's, it's, I wonder, I wonder how both of those problems exist. And maybe they're happening at like different venues or something, but for both of those problems to exist seems contradictory that there is a time slot when nothing changes and all the dances are the same and the, none of the new dances are brought in. Um, and also all the dances are different and it's confusing and I don't want to come back because I don't know any of these. They, there must have been some, yeah, uh, something crossed there. But uh, yeah, I think having more opportunities to do all of those dances um, whatever you need to do to get them out of your system, I think that'll help a lot for why there are so many you know, dances that, that you think need to be done. And also, like I mentioned, um, really assessing, do we need to do all these? Do we really? Like, yes, they're great dances, but if people, if people are over them, that's okay. There's no, I, I don't think the solution is, and not that it could ever even be enacted, but I don't think the solution is to limit the number of dances that come out. I think every dance should be given its its Fiction. chance and its spotlight, and then it's okay to let it go and move on to something new. And as you were saying, if it really is an amazing dance, it'll it'll stand on its own merits. Like you will find reasons to do it. And like you were saying with the, you know, maybe have a marathon day where you just do all the dances you've learned all semester or something. That's a really good way to see um, whether people actually liked that teach. Because they can tell you, um, oh yeah, that was fun, a lot of high energy, good good movements in that dance. But if they didn't try, if, if they went home and they were like, well, I don't, I don't need to review this one. And then you play it on marathon day and... They're not thinking, oh, I really should have learned this. Oh, that song came on. I can't believe I didn't learn it properly. If they're like, oh, wow, I really don't know this one. Oh, well, then that's one that's okay to cut. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so some of the things that you had mentioned uh, was Roots and Buckles and their initial system. Mm -hmm. And I actually really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I really like to see is when a dance I really, really enjoy has 10 initials next to it. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of makes me get really, really excited because of the fact that it's like, yay, other people enjoy that one too. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things that they do there is they have dance request cards that you can win with their raffle. 
well, if every class you gave one out to somebody and it's a different person each class or whatever before your marathon day or whatever, mm-hmm. then whichever dance that isn't on your list or whatever that they request, they still have the option of doing. Because mm. um, I know there's only so much time in a, in a day that people can actually play these songs and that's where like when you see a dance that has 10 signatures versus one that has two signatures obviously you're going to do the one that has 10 because more people are going to be on the floor enjoying it um so there's that one would another another be like when you're getting ready to do this playlist asking your class for input which dance do you want do you want to do next sunday what dances did we want to review? What dances did we want to make sure gets on this playlist? Um, and really setting it up that way so that you're getting the input of your class and they're able to dance these dances um, as well as that can be a of these 10 dances I'm going to teach. You can initial next to one you guys want or put a number next to it in, and then whichever one has the most number ones, that's your first priority. Um, and then just kind of like line them up that way and keep revisiting that idea of, okay, do we still like this dance? It's one of my favorite things about Brenda Chateau's class is she'll be like, she'll teach the dance, they'll dance it the next week, um, and then they'll dance it like an, the third week, and she's like, okay, so what are our thoughts on this dance? Do we actually like this dance? Do we want to cut it? Are we enjoying it? Um, and even with the mixed votes, I mean, if she gets enough of a mixed vote, she'll be like, okay, well, let's do it one more time next week, and then we'll go from there. Or, you know, or they'll just be like, okay, well, you know, I like it. I'll do it if it's on, versus like, no, I love this dance. You know, that's a different response. If I like it, I'll do it if, if it's on. That's room where you can bring in one that you absolutely love. Um, one of the things I was actually discussing with a coworker yesterday, um, when I was telling him about like some of the topics that we were thinking about discussing, um, was in school, your teacher gives you classwork. You go over the lesson plan. It is then your job to go home and do the homework. The teacher is not going to be at home with you, walking you through step by step on how to do this problem or in our case this specific dance it's your job to go home after you've learned it and solidify it to know that you understand it to then go back the next time and cover it again so that you show that you understand it Um, if the students aren't taking it upon themselves to really know the dances is that the teacher's fault I mean, that's, it's one of those things where obviously the teacher has to encourage the lesson because she has to teach the lesson well enough for you to then go home and know it. And even, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been like, okay, hold on, hold on. I don't know what it is about this particular four counts in this eight section. I am not getting it. Walk me through it again. Walk me through it again. Wait one more time. Um, But for the most part, that is me taking the accountability and asking for help. And when it comes to knowing a lot of dances, once again, if you don't like the dance and how it feels, it's okay to let it go. Mm -hmm. 
If you absolutely love the dance, find whatever reason you can to dance it. I mean, other than that, I've said, I said it earlier, I really just don't think we should limit the classes. That's when people start losing interest, when you're putting a cap on their intake of knowledge, when you're the one saying, oh, you can't handle that dance yet, or you're saying, we only need to stay in the beginner zone, or anything like that. There's so many amazing dances out there that just feel good, and they feel good for different reasons. Um, like, I love Falling by Rachel, and I love Pieces by Dustin, but then I love Stomp Your Feet just as much. Like, there's two, two different feels of dance, and I wouldn't want to lose any of those because, you know, they are not done at the local venue. I think another another way okay so <clears throat> I have a note here in my notes on this topic um, about marketing your dance so that the DJs know that it will fill the floors like one of the complaints um, has also been that there are all these great dances that come out but there maybe aren't that many opportunities to do them to the point of getting sick of them because they just won't play them later in the night so we might do some dance however many times and then we're ready to move on see for the, us it's not really a problem like having all these dances because we have so many opportunities at all these different places um that i guess we just didn't have like a year ago but like this this past year has been excellent for line dance in this area um if you don't have all those opportunities because the djs aren't playing all these new dances you want to learn uh, and then do, and then eventually move on from. Uh, if you teach a dance, don't do it halfway. Like, sh the the DJ's playing these dances, these older dances, Outlaw, whatever, um, Watermelon Call, etc. Not necessarily because they think people are requesting them, or because they're inherently amazing, but because people know them, so they're going to fill the floor with them. Like, that's their job. So... If you teach a dance to your class and you don't reinforce it and try to make it look really good to all these other people so that they're all, they'll all end up learning it as well, people who aren't in your class but who just come for the lesson at the beginning of the night, if that dance is not reinforced, if the DJ does not have an idea that a lot of people know this and a lot of people will do it if the music is played, then why would they take that risk? They could try it, and then four people get out there, and then they feel foolish, and then they don't want to do that again. They're going to play Outlaw or Watermelon Crawl instead because they know that a lot of people know those. They have that instinct that they've seen it out there a bunch of times. Um, that instinct can be learned. If they are shown several consecutive weeks, and maybe if it takes a couple months, um, they, they can be shown that a lot of people do know this. And even if you and your class students are not there, there will be just random unnamed people who happen to know it um, because you pushed it that hard and you taught it everywhere you could and you talked to your local instructors and you said, teach this dance, please. Um, that doesn't have, like, it doesn't need to contradict what I mentioned earlier about how maybe it would be better for some dances to be at some venues and then that can be the selling point of that venue. This is where we do that dance. Um, 
you can still separate it out a little bit, but at least at that one venue, you you have to really force uh, that idea that a lot of people know this, um, and people will do it if you play it. Uh, let's see, there was another note I have on here. Let me open that up. Oh, right. Um, now, this one's a tricky one. Um, song changes for dances. On the one hand, you can limit the number of dances that are out there or that, you, that your student has to deal with by just taking the same dances they know and changing out the song. I used to think this was fine. This was perfectly legitimate. Like, what a great way to revive a dance. Like, you just change the song and do the same dance because they love it. But then, uh, over time, as I started like seeing friends and, and to some extent myself uh, dabbling with choreography, I, I would think, what a waste. Like, this is a great song, um, and it could probably be expressed better uh, and more deeply with its own dance. And also, it takes away an opportunity from some budding choreographer to have their name attached to you know, another good piece of work uh, because you're setting it to some older dance by a choreographer who doesn't even benefit from that dance being done anymore. Like maybe they have retired from choreography. Maybe they have nothing to do with line dance anymore. And yes, it's a great dance, but by just reusing um, that dance for a new song, that could have been a really great opportunity uh, you've, that you've removed for a new choreographer to create a new dance for it. Also, I don't know, unfortunately, uh, it does fill your class with more dances that they have to learn. So, like, it's a tough decision to make. Like, you cannot overload your class and reteach dances to new songs, or you can have every song that you love go with a new dance, but then they have to learn all those. Maybe there's a balance that can be struck? What are your thoughts? Um, I do know, like, originally, when I had first started with Mavericks, um, I enjoyed certain songs more than others mm -hmm. for the same dance. Now that I am aware of all of these amazing choreographers out there, and all of these different uh, events that I can go to. I mean, and it's it's so much more than just, oh, this is what's done in Northern California versus Southern California versus, oh, this is what's done in California and Florida. You also have the UK and you have Australia. And I mean, there's so many amazing opportunities out there for different dances and different expressions um, that I do like the occasional revamp of um, bop to you know a new song or whatever mm. but considering that we really never hear bop done to the original around here but I actually probably had the most fun with that specific dance at Big Bang this year to the original song because I've done it so many times to so many different songs that it was really fun to hear it done to the original. 
um, it gave me more room to play and it was kind of interesting because before I was like, oh yeah, change the song, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really of the opinion where that is an opportunity that I could learn a different song to or a dance to or that is an opportunity that, you know, this unknown choreographer or unknown choreographer in our area even mm -hmm. um, to get more show. And I think about all the different opportunities that I was limited to because all they did was change the song mm -hmm. to the same dance. Um, now, yeah, sometimes that dance hits those songs in a different way that's just as fun, but certain dances, I feel like, at certain speeds and certain... Um, sequencing are meant to hit any song at that particular beats per minute mm -hmm. um, and therefore that's why it hits and it feels good each time regardless of the song mm -hmm. um, with that said I'm not sure if having a dance to every single song is like feasible <laughs> or logical in any way shape or form but it gives you more opportunities as well to explore different things that maybe you didn't realize you liked. Um, I know with one of the projects we've been working on, we were talking about how had we not done Shady, there's an, a point that we might not have known that this particular movement even existed. Um, or if we hadn't done this dance, how we would be stuck with end heel, end cross, end heel, end cross, end hitch, and quarter turn, and heel and cross and hitch. Um, and how would that hit the dance that we've been playing with? You know, like, how would it affect the flow? Well, it would be very, you know, stagnant. It would be very limiting and maybe not as much fun, whereas, like, introducing this one new move that maybe not a whole bunch of country bars are aware of it just kind of gives them that little bit more of a bridge to know that there's more out there and if there's more out there there's more potential which means the line dance scene can continue to grow um, people can understand that it's not just country bar dancing anymore it is line dancing there's hip-hop songs, there's nightclub two-steps, there's waltzes, I mean, there's so much out there that a year and a half ago, I never even knew about, uh, you know, everything was done to country song and, like, one or two maybe pop songs, maybe. Um, but those were, like, the rare occasions. Um, and to limit to either a only country songs or only pop songs or I mean you're taking so much growth out of progress and if things don't progress they die and if you love the scene so much why wouldn't you want it to progress and that goes with teaching so many dances too um, the other thing is it's okay that if you okay uh, the other night at one of Brenda's classes, she played two songs. 
She didn't tell us anything about the choreographer. She didn't show us the dance. She just played the song and asked, which one do you guys want to learn something to? Ooh, that, that's interesting. Um, we, we, we all voted, and there was a split vote. So we went with the majority, um, and we ended up with a dance. So you could do something like that in your class. Another option is in the case of Shape of You, because that's one of the current ones, you learn three different dances to it, or at least one wall to each of them, show them the dance, and be like, okay, which one do you want to learn, as opposed to telling them who the choreographer is. Um, and that would be a way that the class gets to vote, well, that looks really cool, or that looks really cool. If you have a split vote, then you know things get a little bit more on the um, democracy side of things. But it gives you the option of taking some of the control out of your hands and giving it to your class, and then the pressure's off you. Um, another thing... Well, just to chime in on that th idea really quickly, one of the things I like about that is that by showing them the dance for its own merits, it prevents them from being tempted to say, oh, which one is actually done? Because what if the one that is done and is very popular in that area is not a great one overall or is not one that they would enjoy as much as what they would have chosen if they had all the ones to look at? Like, if they if they have the option to either do a floor split and be in the small minority of people doing a dance they love to that song versus just doing what's done there and being really unsatisfied with that other dance that they're just kind of doing, but hey, at least it's what everyone's doing. Like, if, if it matters more to them to do what everyone's doing, if they get actual enjoyment out of that, great. But if they really want to just kind of be in their own space and do what their body likes, then, yeah, be that bold, small group doing the dance they love and that they learned in their small class and just ask the DJ to make a, a note that, you know, we're going to take this little pocket of the dance floor. Yeah, um, and that, that also allows for more variety in your class, too, because I know... I'm inclined when I see certain choreographers' names to be like, oh, I probably want to learn that one. And that's not right because I love all kinds of different choreographers. I love all kinds of different choreography. I know um, one of the things I did, which was really challenging, was when Shady was first released, it hit big in LA before I even saw it. And I wanted to wait knowing that Amy Glass was going to be at Palm Springs and most likely going to be teaching that. Um, I wanted to wait. I wanted to see it from her first. And sure enough, that's what happened. And I loved it. And I loved the dance. It was the first time I had seen it. So it was like really, really exciting in itself. It's very memorable for me as a student. As to, I, I remember seeing it the first time because it was her up on stage and I had I forced myself to wait that extra time even though it was such a big popular hit down in LA and I'm like well I'm probably going to end up learning it you know um, and I'm glad I, I waited I'm really glad I waited to learn that 
that also gave me an opportunity to learn a bunch of other dances in the meantime. Perfect example, Dance Ranch Romp. I remember seeing that in Vegas and I remember looking at you and going, why don't we know this? And you telling me, well, they do it at the garage, but not like this. And I go, why don't we know this? So we made it a point that the next time we saw Joe, we were going to do this dance. And I remember we were going over it to the side and Giard Murphy came running up so excited and going, I remember learning this dance. And we ended up requesting it. We had a blast there and it was something that was just so enjoyable. And then Boogie Till the Cows came home with Michael and Michelle came up and they taught it there. And we got pulled on stage for that. And that was so much fun and so memorable and so enjoyable. And then there was a post on Facebook about how they had forgotten all about this dance, but you can bet that this is going to be taught at their next class. And just all these different things where this older dance um, got brought back to life. So it's possible that some of these older songs and dances that people like so much can be brought back. Um, and so the staying power really is on how much effort is put into keeping it. I know we've, um, was it New Flow is now on the playlist for the Wine Country Line Dance Social since we've learned it and uh, brought it back to life essentially here in uh, Sonoma County area. And that's fun to know that this older dance that's done you know, on the circuits or it was done on the circuits is now back into not only the country bars but in the socials that we attend and the classes that we go to and it was just you and me out there doing it and it's because we had so much fun doing the dance that we put everything into it like you were saying enjoy it um, that maybe if you're able to do that with your class and you really want to bring this particular song to whatever local bar if you have an in with the DJ that's that's really where we got spoiled um that's where maybe you can bring in that one song every so often to change the playlist as opposed to bringing in 20 songs um, I really did like your idea of maybe limiting like okay well at this venue we teach this at that venue we teach that and if the dances get car carried over, they get carried over, but we're not going to make a point to carrying them over. Mm -hmm. uh, also, kind of in that spirit, <clears throat> something that might help uh, is, I'm not sure where you'd say this is done except just everywhere, but like the, the concept of A-B testing, uh, advertising, I guess that's a, a really clear place to, to point out where it's done. If you're not sure what's going to be effective, just split the population and try one thing here and try the other thing there. If you uh, if you teach a class and you have this ability to do that, then you could say, all right, um, for this class, here's what we offer. We do all new songs, a dance for every song, where you just learn a lot of different ones. 
In this class, we only ask you what dances do you know, and we're just going to change out the songs. And you let both classes know that this is what's going on in the other one. You find out which class becomes more popular, and it might challenge your assumption. You might think that things have to be done in one way or the other, but then your students will show you what they want by going to one or the other. And then you just keep refining them. Uh, once people start going to one, then you change another thing. It's really just science. Uh, then you break it apart again. You say, okay, I'm going to change this variable or this aspect. Uh, we're going to do this class where it's like mostly country. And then the country people can go to that. <coughs> and the people who like contemporary music that isn't country, they can go to this other, this other thing that you offer. <coughs> and if you, if you get to a point where you've tried to refine it as much as you can and there's still somebody who isn't quite being served exactly as they would like to be, then it's okay. If everybody else in the class is happy, it's okay to just say, all right, well, you know what? Um, I have a friend and he teaches this class in this other way. Maybe this would be better suited for you. Um, because like you could try to make everybody happy and then like upset a bunch of people or whatever but uh, to some extent like if you're okay with how things are for the most part uh, and some people seem like they're just underserved by what you're offering just tell them uh, find out really what it is what they want and be become knowledgeable yourself enough on what's out there so that you can give them what they want by sending them somewhere else and that might that might help solve some of the problems because um, again if the problem is that there are so many dances and some of them need to be kept alive and uh, people are you know trying to do some of them and they're not being done there well then you can only do so many in your class and if you have a friend or a moose lodge nearby or whatever you know other place does dancing then you can say could you guys take my overflow like here's what they want and 80% of my class is fine with us doing this many, but here are some songs or here are some genres of music that we just can't cover. Uh, will you guys be all right trying to accommodate the people I wasn't able to? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's so many different, I mean, and maybe this is just a problem that, you know, local to us, essentially, even though it's LA, mm. not, not really local. Um, Maybe we are the only ones experiencing this particular complaint or issue. Mm -hmm. um, I am probably more on the opinion that there's not enough variety out there mm -hmm. done at the local <coughs> venue. Um, I've got kind of the opposite problem that Ellie does. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's why I found other classes. And I mean, I... I think the only day that I don't potentially have some type of line dance class is Sunday, um, and that's a day that at least once a month I have a social on. So twice, I, twice if you can't run or park. <laughs> true. We just found out about that one. Yeah. Um, so I still have that option for whatever those weeks are of dancing almost every single day, both in the morning at night. Like, I mean, there's options there. And the nights that I don't have a class, I still find a way to dance. Mm -hmm. um, 
it is without a doubt a love and pure joy of mine is line dancing and so what I'm basically saying is that it is possible to find places to do these dances it is possible to find places that only do these style dances or that style dance or this difficulty level or that difficulty level that it doesn't necessarily have to fall on you as the instructor to solve everybody's problems um, your students do need to take some responsibility for their own learning um, they are capable of reaching out elsewhere and yeah there is some things that you can do to streamline maybe your class in more of a request kind of style like how many people really want to learn this dance do you, now do you only want to learn it because your best friend wants to learn it or do you want to learn it because you genuinely like the look of it um, that kind of brings me to the question of why do you even want to learn dances mm. Yeah, like, is it just uh, you have 80 dances on your plate or whatever, but some of them are just because they're the new thing? Like, that was one of the complaints that came up in the video is that too many people jump on the new thing and then they discard these old dances that they used to like. Um, first of all, it's okay to stop liking dances eventually um, because maybe you've just gotten everything you can out of it. But, like, yeah, why why are you jumping on the new thing? It doesn't. It's not necessary. It's like it's not a requirement for you to know every new dance that comes out. But that maybe that's just a personal piece that I've had to come to. Um, what are your thoughts on? Um, I actually I do a lot of vetting of dances. Mm. I look at a lot of videos. I generally I'm a hipster. I'll admit it. I'm a hipster. Um, what is a hipster for those of us I'm abroad? not even going to go there. I'm so not even going to go there. Um, if you want to explain it, feel free. Um, well, I guess one of the one of the main features that I have heard associated with that term is just liking things before they're cool. Uh, being a pioneer and a trendsetter and not just following what comes along with the mainstream is all I really so on those lines, um, there's a couple dances that are really, really big with some of my friends, and I purposely have not learned them by choice, by stubborn choice. Um, and that's not to say that the dances aren't good or amazing or that the choreographers were, this was like their breakout piece or anything like that. That's not to say anything about that other than the fact that it's like, because it's so big, I'm going to wait. Mm. I, uh, Elliot actually has a whole video on why he didn't want to learn fake ID because um, I think his reasoning at the time was that everyone knew fake ID and everyone thought, oh, it's the cool new thing because Footloose just came out. We, we got to know this dance. And he refused to learn it. And it wasn't that there was something wrong with the dance itself. It was just... He wanted that to be well he, he didn't want people to assume he knew everything so he had to pick something that he didn't know and then just not learn it and then that ended up being the one he didn't want to learn because it was just like I guess too popular at the time and and then it could be this thing that stood out was like whoa you don't know fake ID like yeah yeah essentially something along <laughs> those lines um, he did eventually learn it <laughs> Um, and that's 
not to say that I won't eventually learn some of these dances. Um, there has been several times in which seeing it done here and there and there and there and there, I'm kind of like, yeah, I really haven't seen a need for me to be out on the floor yet for that particular song. That can be my water break song so that the next dance that comes on, I can give it 110%, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I guess, essentially another thing about being aware of yourself and why you want to learn the dance and needing to know all of them. Um, I used to think I needed to know all of them. Not so much anymore. There's a lot of them. Um, but with that said, I then see one person doing that dance. And because they've made that dance their own, then my interest gets peaked. Um, perfect example was the dance ran from. Had I seen that just the vanilla way, I probably would have been like, oh, that's fun, that's cute. That looks like a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. I mean, I could learn it. It could be on my list of eventually. Mm-hmm. But seeing Joe and Madison and Chris Watson and, I mean, I think uh, Jono and Rick and I think even JP was were, were out on the dance floor and they were just having a blast with it. And they were having so much fun and they were doing different variations at different times. Like, I've, I don't know how many times I've watched the video we took of that because they were all doing something different at the exact same moment I was like I need to know this dance and it's because of how much enjoyment they got out of it that piqued my interest that also on that same trip for Vegas Dance Explosion majorly sold my interest in Jukebox because we have the video of Joe doing that with Fiona uh, yeah. Roy, Roy Hidesabroto, and others who were on the floor, like the things they were doing with that, like during some of the music breaks and, and um, just kind of really playing with it, breaking it open. And then, I mean, of course, when Roy does anything, Roy can sneeze and it would look amazing. Uh, but yeah, like seeing Joe's style and Fiona's style and, and Roy's style especially, like you want to you want to know what is my style for that i i want to be on the floor and share that that experience with them the next time this is done yeah and that's and that's a big reason why like there's certain certain dances that i'll wait for to see the choreographer do it um because of the fact that it's like okay i want to see what they thought because after watching this group do it and that group do it for one of their other songs maybe i wasn't quite sold until i saw them or even like i mean I don't know how many times I'll type in one of the dances and I'll look at so many different videos and I'll even look at the, the choreographer doing different videos of it and be like, do I like this? Is this interesting? Does it look like something I might enjoy? Do I like the song? Where, what is it about that specific dance that hits that song? And there's certain things that like I'll look at dances and be like, that is so cool. I've never seen that moved before. I want to know how it feels. And that's why I'll learn it other ones is because I absolutely love the song and that's the first dance that's shown to me um, I got really really spoiled to the dances with um, uh, Can't Stop the Feeling or whatever Justin Timberlake because where I was at they had a three way floor split and so I got to basically window shop right then and there as to which one I wanted to learn because I hadn't seen any of them I picked the one I liked the most because of how it hit which was 90% of the reason was the particular individuals dancing it were having so much fun with it. And 
And then the dance itself hit in areas that I was like, ooh, that was cool. Ooh, that looks good. You know, and so it was a reaction that I was like, that looks like fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One one in particular that I like is when they say, uh, when it drops, ooh. And uh, for drops, I think they cross one foot over the other, and during the ooh, they unwind. Yeah. It's really it's very slick motion. I like it. <clears throat> so, I mean, there's there's so many different reasons as to why you want to learn to dance, and there's so many reasons why it's okay you don't want to learn dance too. Um, I know I am not personally an Ed Sheeran fan. I might be one of the few out there, <laughs> so it's really hard when I know that. There's friends of mine and choreographers out there that have really good dances to these songs, but I just can't bring myself to want to learn them. And that's okay. I am fully okay with that because I have my reasons. It's nothing against the choreographer. It's nothing against Ed Sheeran. I'm just not in love with the particular music. Mm-hmm. It happens. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Oh, um, so emotionally I know that there can be times when I have a dance on my list because I'm going through certain motions at that time Um, later on I may feel like I've processed everything that there is to experience with that emotion and now I don't need that dance anymore nothing wrong with the dance it just didn't it didn't line up with the time when I needed it so I do have older dances that were on my list because you know, that's what I was going through then, and like that felt like it would have been really perfect for that moment. Uh, and now they're just not really that relevant for me. So like, even though they were on my list, it's also okay to remove them. If I don't think I'm going to experience what I would have before um, emotionally, then yeah, it, it's not gonna really you know meet my needs. Uh, so maybe I would encourage like, if there are a gajillion dances, like what are you feeling right now? Learn the dances that go with that right now. It'll speed along whatever it is you're trying to express. And then later on, when something else comes along, you will have already had your moment with that dance. And now it's time to express something else with a different dance. Uh, If you're just forcing yourself to do whatever is like alphabetically first or something, it's probably not going to be as uh, rewarding or satisfying for your emotions uh, when you can really hit specifically on what it is that you you need to get out that's why there's some dances right now that are they're all right and i know that they're going to be played at upcoming events and socials and whatnot but i don't feel like i mean i could go through the motions and look all slow and graceful elegant blah blah blah, but like if i'm feeling like it's springtime i want to get out there and like do some really crazy energetic stuff because that's how i'm feeling then that's what i want to learn and uh, right now, I think we're still waiting for things like, you know, the song of the summer and all that. And I want to I hear more of this really upbeat music so that I can do more of these upbeat dances. What we have uh, a lot of right now are some of these fall-winter carryovers, like Blessed and Heaven on Earth. And they're very pretty. Um, I've followed Blessed on the floor before. I am planning to learn Heaven on Earth before this next social. And... Um, they're ones that I've seen done over the course of the last few months in the cold and the overcast skies. And I thought, wow, that fits really well for like how this time of year feels. But I am really ready for things like, you know, um, what would have 
been, you know, Can't Stop the Feeling last year. Maybe not that specific song for me, because that, that played a lot. But, you know, things like Whip It. Oh, my God. Like, when, when, I was, when I was ready to learn that and do that, it's exactly what I wanted to do then. Funk and Feel It. Same thing. Like, these really upbeat songs during summer and, you know, uh, maybe, you know, beginning of fall. That's when I want to do those. That's, like, what I'm feeling in my heart. And um, that can definitely guide uh, you know, what I decide to bump to the top of my priority list. You know, time and a place for everything. Uh, let's see, there were some other notes that I had here. Oh, regarding um, regarding the too many dances and trying to find places to do them. You mentioned that they don't. You don't have to be. You don't have to take it on yourself to do them all at your class. This is also when it does help to have op options outside of just country bars. Luann has a class yes, where she, she tends to reflect more of what's being done on the circuit. So if you, I guess very specifically for a case like Elliot's, if you have a whole bunch of different dances and you want them to be done somewhere so that you can do them and get them out of your system, look at how many of them are country and fit well at a country bar and how many of them could be done at some place like Luann's class. Like, yes, I get that Trespassing is a very cool dance and Shady is a very cool dance. Um, but then there are these other dances that you also want to do somewhere and they're country. So if you, if you can only recommend a few dances to your local venue. Okay, I, this kind of goes back to what you were saying about us being spoiled. I used to think, because we were going to Stoney's so often, I used to think that every dance that I learned, I had to be able to do at Stoney's. So I would be doing whatever they were doing there, uh, even if it was country or non-country, like something contemporary on the circuit. Uh, I would do those, those dances and then also try to bring in all these new ones that I was learning from circuit things, things that would be done at like the socials and whatnot. As our options widened, I now do not need to do everything at Stoney's anymore. I can do some of them at Wine Country Line Dance Socials or Line Dance Club even, or Twin Oaks where you know I teach lessons. Like there are so many places I can do these dances that if I only have one or two requests to bring to Stoney's, I'm okay just segregating it out and maybe suggesting the country ones. And same thing with, um, with in SoCal, with all of these different venues, so many of them are described as country bars. And yeah, it's difficult when you have so many dances to choose from that you could suggest to the DJ to add to their playlist. But how do you choose? I mean, it would be great if you could get them all played but if you really had to siphon some of them out, take out the ones that you could do at Luann's class or that you could do at a circuit event like Trespassing, like Shady. Because yeah, that would be super cool to be able to do that at the ranch or any of these other major country bars. But if you really have to choose and you don't think, I mean, when are, when are your friends who choreograph the country songs, when are those dances ever gonna be played at a circuit event? If that's not gonna happen, but you know that there is a chance they could be done at a bar, suggest those. 
It's sad that some of the other dances won't get to be played if you only suggest those, but hey, you still get to do them. You still get to do them at Luann's class. You still get to do them in the circuit event. You still get to do them even at your own class if you really want to prioritize it. Um, so try to find out what are your options beyond just the obvious, because um, you don't have to do them all in one place. I mean, if you have to you know, uh, split them up, some of them are best fit at some places, and some of them are better fit at other places. And uh, another note that I have here is that for for dances that uh, maybe this is just like kind of a personal opinion or something, but um, there was also a mention in that video that some dances are designed to be done with basic steps of vanilla um, so that people can play with them and that there will be more longevity for the song. Like in theory, that would work out. Like if the steps are basic, people can add their own flair to it and whatnot. And then later on, a year later, when when that song is you know out of people's minds, you can change it to a new song and the dance will carry on year after year, like Mbop or MIB or even Dizzy when it's done to other other uh, songs. I like the original, but then I mean, lately I've just kind of gone that way with a lot of dances. I just prefer the original and then just go with a, a new dance for a new song. Um, however, there are songs that back in the day, like old folk songs or campfire songs or whatever, that were designed in a similar way. Like Buffalo Gals, it's not always sung as Buffalo Gals. Like back in the day, it was encouraged to just sing it about whoever your area was like Rona Park gals won't you come out tonight or something like that like they were they were designed so that you could customize them for your particular experience you could also add verses to some songs um, because you're passing around the guitar and you know you sing like the blues or something like that you know you sing your verse and then somebody else adds to the song and then somebody else adds to the song and that's great. It's very collaborative, and you know you get to see what people's individual expression is for that song. But if we only did that, then we wouldn't get new songs. <laughs> like if we just kept reusing the same song and having people put their own thing on it, like that would really limit what. I mean, do, realistically, do we sing Buffalo Gals all the time? No. Um, we could, but then we wouldn't be singing. Can't stop the feeling. I don't. I really wish that wasn't the example that came first to mind. But like, you know, whatever song it is that you like to sing, um, there wouldn't be room for it because you'd still be using the same old song from 200 years ago. Uh, with dances, it can be the same way. Like, in theory, uh, you could design a song or a dance so that it could be readapted year after year for new uh, new songs to you know slide in there, but then you'd be stuck with it. So. Again, maybe it's just an issue of balance. Like maybe have some dances that you keep that are the standards and you swap out the song and then others, you know, you bring them in and you know they're only going to be there for a few months and then they go and then you bring in another one. That way you have your core and you have the flourishes on the outside, like a flower. <laughs> you've got the central part and then you've got all the petals. Yeah. I'm going to pass it back to you. <clears throat> yeah, no, those are some excellent points. Um, again, I mean, we, it's interesting where we're at. Um, we are very spoiled. Uh, but at the same time, we've 
pardon the term, choreographed our lives <sighs> in a way that allows us to have so many options and so many amazing experiences with different dancers at different times and different places. Um, and most importantly, the one thing I've learned about all of that is it's about the people you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know certain moments have been made better because of who was with me at the time. Um, I know that although, yeah, I felt great doing that dance, it wouldn't have been there had someone not been playing with me. It wouldn't have gotten to that point had someone not like forced me in a way to move what I would normally do at that moment because they're interacting with me differently. Um, and that has given me that peak experience that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, which for me is a slightly different thing in the sense of like once you have that peak experience is out of your system, which yes, to a certain extent, like I don't feel like I need to do it all the time at that point, but I still every time I do it after that peak experience, it brings up that sentimental feeling. It's like, oh my God, I remember when we did this there with this person kind of thing. Um, And that's why I keep certain dances alive for me. Mm -hmm. That's why every now and again, um, I'll request that we go over pump and heal it. You know, it's, it's, I love that dance. It was amazing when I learned it. I remember where I was, how we learned it. I remember that we switched three different rooms to learn it. Um, and I remember the first time I got to do it at Stoney's. I remember the first time I got to do it at uh, Hot Monk in Novato and then in Sebastopol as well. I remember when I first got the video of you being able to demo it with Rachel. I mean, like, seriously, so lucky. And I also remember the first time I got to do it with Madison as well as with Rachel. And it's like that dance has so many amazing moments attached to it that I don't ever want to lose that dance because of how special it is at this point in my life. Do I need to go and do it tonight? No. I don't need to do it tonight. Um, Most specifically because if I really care to, I can wait till next weekend at uh, Oregon with Rachel and then have that fun experience again. But there are certain dances that have those special moments and then there's other ones that like I learned at Mavericks that I'm like if I never do that dance again it'll be too soon um and that's only because like that was the dance that was done every Thursday every Saturday well I'm such a live dance addict that I went every Thursday and every Saturday um and those were always requested those were always played So I got those out of my system a long time ago that even now, like looking at a playlist from way back when, I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. I'm really glad I don't have to do that one anymore. Um, And so it's just it's a matter of what feels good for you at the time, why you want to learn it and taking, again, that personal accountability. If you're the only one who wants to learn this dance in this class of 50 people, I mean, you can still learn it. That's okay. It'll still be done somewhere. There's a reason why it was choreographed. Um, And you certainly can reach out to your instructors or um, your friends and be like, hey, do you know of anywhere else that teaches line dance, that teaches 
circuit style or country style or beginner or advanced or whatever the case may be. Um, I can't get enough. So I will continue to find classes that I can work into my schedule that, you know, I have to rush from point A to point B to point A to point B one after another just so that I can get that fulfillment. Um, but it's not, I'm not putting it on one person other than myself to fulfill that need. I'm not making it um, your responsibility, for example, to teach me everything. Mm. There's been plenty of dances I've learned on my own. There's been plenty of dances I've learned because Brenda was teaching them or Dolly was teaching them, and I picked that opportunity. Mm. It's not your responsibility to for what my knowledge is. It's mine. Mm. So. All right. Now, one of the things that uh, sometimes we do in the podcast to – uh, really cover everything is to see how it would affect everyone in the community. So very quickly as we get toward three o'clock, I'm going to go down the line. All right. So the problem is too many dances. It's overwhelming. Uh, old dances are getting bumped. Okay. So from the DJ's perspective, if you're running a three-day event, really find when the optimal time would be to play each of those dances and try not to repeat them. That way everything gets hit classics still get played and the new ones uh the new big hits you hit it at the time of night when everybody is there so you don't have somebody saying oh this i wasn't here earlier could you play this no don't repeat it if you don't have to just play it when everyone's there all right um if you are an event manager this has come up in many interviews it's okay for an instructor to teach an older dance like you don't need to force them to create a new one for your event because it'll like sell more tickets or anything like that, they can bring out a classic and a lot of people aren't gonna know it and that's fine. I think that would be a great thing to encourage is you know, try to keep some of the older ones alive and don't just push them to, to add a new one to the pile. Um, and I think I'm saying that really aggressively because I've had caffeine over the course of these past two hours. Uh, <laughs> all right, so there's event managers, uh, choreographers, I'm, choreographing. Uh, yeah, on the one hand, I want to say like, um, you know, it might help if if there were fewer dances. But then on the other hand, I'm like, no. Like I, having done choreography stuff myself, just put everything out there, and people will pick up what they like. And if they don't like other stuff, that's fine. Like, <laughs> there's no obligation for people. I mean, if you are one of the people who is known for your dances, then pretty much anything you teach, people are going to do. So maybe be careful about that. Because if you do add a lot, people will try to learn all of them. Uh, instructors, see what's being done in your area, but most importantly, see what people will actually enjoy and try to teach those. Review, you don't always have to have a new lesson every week. Some weeks, maybe you just have a review day, and that helps cut the number down that they feel like they're learning. Dancers, it's okay not to do some dances. Um, just sit out of the ones that you don't, you don't want to learn, even if... Everybody else in the class is learning. If you don't like it, you don't have to learn it. You won't get overwhelmed that way. And uh, you maybe then have, like you were saying, Megan, more energy to do the ones that you really like. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take a look at the clock. We are at 2.59 p.m. we got about a minute. Do you have any final thoughts, Megan? I actually don't, other than thank you for whoever has listened today. It's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a, a heck of a debut show today also big thanks to willie brown for uh, helping us out with that technical issue with the mics we'll definitely take a look at that for next week all right three o'clock three o'clock pacific time here we are 
Uh, we no will now return you to your regularly scheduled move radio programming, and we'll have all this available for you later on LandingsPodcast.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you.